With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. How difficult has your life been up to now? Have you given a voice to the difficulties? It's time to break the silence. Temporary difficulties end and your response to them determine how you live life after your difficulties. So respond well and live. You are listening to the Patricia Adams Live radio show where we discuss life's difficult topics. Stick around. everybody, welcome. We hope to enlighten your mind and lighten your heart with each episode as we talk over difficult life topics. Help you find your voice and discover that there is life after difficulties. If this is your first time listening, thanks for coming. Come back often and feel free to add the episode to your favorite RSS feed or iTunes. Follow us on Twitter at Pat Adams Live. And the show's website, patriciaadamslive.com. All contact links are in the show notes, and the MP3 will be available after the episode for downloading. Now, let's get into the show. Good morning. Good morning. Wow, is all I can say is wow. I am going <laughs> to re- rewind on that. There was dead silence, and I apologize um, for that. The mic was on mute, and I was just talking. and And I will I will say this: is that I have been 
up studying a lot of uh, material and a lot of things that just really has my mind preoccupied. But basically, I'm just going to rehash what I was saying. And what I was saying is basically is that the reason for this show is that I stopped by your radio show, of which you are a blog talk host as well. And I heard your message, and I said to myself, I want this message to be heard on my platform, and I don't believe that I want to recreate the will. It exists, and I'm going to extend an invitation and ask him if he would come and talk about this on my show. And you agreed to do that, and that's why you are here this morning at 7 a.m. Central Standard Time and 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Time for those of you who are listening. And, again, I, I wanted to say that I placed some images on the show page, and the images are of a human fetus. One of the images is also of an elephant fetus, and one of them is of a dolphin fetus. And they are both in, all three are in the placenta. And the reason why I did that is because so many people are entertaining the Big Bang Theory um, evolution. And I just believe that God is intentional. I believe that um, he created us. I, I don't believe that we evolved. I don't believe that we just were a result of two gases colliding. I, I, I want to believe that he was intentional, that he intended to make us. And that's why the Big Bang Theory and the evolution theory just does not follow for me. Um, I believe that if he wanted us to be a monkey, we would still be a monkey. So I put those three fetuses out there, those images of those fetuses, because one is of a baby growing in the mother's womb, a human mother's womb. The other is of a baby elephant fetus growing in its mother's womb. And the other is of a dolphin growing in its mother's womb. And each of those look and appear to be in the image of the one who is carrying it. So the baby doesn't look like a monkey. It looks like a human being who's carrying it. The elephant looks like an elephant inside of an elephant, and the dolphin looks like a dolphin inside of a dolphin. So with that in mind, God has said to us that he has created us in his image. And so I don't believe that God is an elephant. I don't believe that God is a dolphin. But I do believe that we as human beings are made in his image. And the image that we are talking about today on the show is in the image of his divinity and the image of his likeness of having purpose on his mind. So what the outer shell looks like, this is not the subject here. This is about replicating God in man, in us. So what you are externally, since the animals cannot participate in this because they have no, um, how, can I, how can I say it? Maybe I should let you say it. Because since I started this, I guess I should finish it right. <laughs> um, they have no discourse as we know, or as we have with God. Our line of communication is different, but I I like to believe that all of creation participates in the conversation and 
And in that conversation, there's a symphony. And when I look at the trees and I see the wind blowing the trees, you know, I, I see, um, I, I've always seen things like this. It's like, okay, the trees are, are praising God this morning. Um, when the flowers bloom, I see that as the flowers are praising God. And the whole earth, because the Bible says that the whole earth, you know, just glorifies God. So I look at things like that. So I cannot say that an animal does not have any type of communication God because I don't speak animal kingdom. I speak in the language of man that's been given to me. So we all have a purpose and we all have a reason for being here. But the reason that man was put on this earth, the Bible says, is so that we would be fruitful and multiply, that we would have dominion and not over each other, but that we would have dominion over the earth. And how do we replicate God? How do we replicate God here on the earth? And I want to just segue this over to you, Derek, and these are all thoughts that are going on in my mind and in my head. But when the listeners are tuning in and listening to this either live this morning or tuning in later to the episode, I really hope that they hear what I heard when I tuned into your show. Um, and um, I'm opening up the chat room, so if anyone poses a question in the chat room, please feel free to uh, submit your question or your comment in the chat room. And if you'd like to speak or ask a question on the air, please call in to 646-929-1800. Again, our guest is Derek Taylor on Patricia Adams Live. Good morning, Derek. Good morning, good morning. Thank you. And uh, again, thank you for having me here on the broadcast. And I do take it very seriously um, anytime I get an opportunity to speak uh, to any group of people, be it one, two, or one or two thousand. So I really do thank God for that. Um, and listening to the uh, the the heartbeat and what you really um, uh, the answering of the question and everything that you said before, one of the the greatest things that I see that's really important is in order to replicate God through manhood um, or womanhood, uh, but particularly. Um, uh, we're talking about men, in order to do that, we first have to come to an understanding of who God really is. And in doing that, I believe that we have got to understand that God is not church. God did not send Jesus to die on the cross for our sins so that we can go to church. He did that so that we could have a, a combined, united fellowship back with him. And I don't really have time to go back through Genesis, Exodus, and Leviticus uh, and Numbers talking about how uh, the fall of man and how God, even in the Old Testament, was trying to get the people to understand. The whole book of Leviticus talks about how a holy God wants a holy people and how he wanted the people to come back into fellowship with him. Don't really have time to go back um, down those roads, but the point 
that God was trying to make is that you might go to church, but I want to have a relationship with you so you can replicate me so that people can see you, and in seeing you, they'll see me. That's what Jesus was talking about. He says, when you see me, you've seen the Father because the works that I do, uh, I do it because of him. The, the downfall is because now at this stage in this age, in 2013, we've got so many different faiths, so many different ideologies, and now when we talk about God, you really don't know. There was a time that you could say God, uh, and everybody would know which God you're talking about. But now there are so many different types of gods. Some people call him Yahweh. Some people call him Jah. Some people call him this. Some people call him that. And, you know, we don't know now who people are talking about. They could be talking about God of the trees or God of the fish or um, whatever kind of God that they might have made up. But today, we're talking about, I'm talking about the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the, the everlasting Father, the great I Am. That's the one I'm talking about today. I'm not talking about these gods that people have made up. Because in order to, it's, it's really kind of good, and I was listening as you were talking, Patricia, about the images that you put up and how, we are not made in the image of those things. We're made in the image and the likeness of the God that I'm talking about. And in order to uh, um, reproduce something, we've got to know what it is which gives us the identity of who we are. And the problem with a lot of men is we don't know who we are because we've looked at so many other images We've looked at so many other pictures of what a man really is or what a man really should do or what a man really should be, and they're incorrect for the most part. Um, you know, uh, a man, uh, I remember listening to one of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr.'s speeches, and he was talking about there was this book he was reading, um, this magazine article, and it was saying, if you're going to be a man of distinction, then you have to drink this kind of whiskey, or you have to wear this kind of cologne or drive this kind of car. But I believe that God wants to bring us into an identity of who we are separate from what kind of car we drive separate from what kind of house we live in and what kind of money we make. You can be the man or the person that God wants you to be driving a Lexus or riding a bicycle or sitting on the back seat of a bus. You can be who God intended for you to be, uh, whether you got cologne or whether you don't, if you got to get the $5 oils or if you're able to pay for the $50 bottle of, of cologne at Macy's, it doesn't matter. And we need to stop creating this image of who we are based on stuff. And got to, we've got to understand that real faith has nothing to do with stuff. Real faith has nothing to do with, uh, um, you know, even sometimes we go to church and we hear messages on faith as this faith is stuff. Faith is not designed to be circled around things that we have, clothes that we have, money, or anything else. Real faith puts you back into 
fellowship with the real God. That's what faith does. Faith has nothing to do with Alexis. You can be unsaved and have a job and go get Alexis. Lexus is based on whether or not you're able to make the payments, whether you got a job, uh, sufficient credit, whatever else, a good down payment. You can get a Lexus. It doesn't mean, uh, you know, there is nothing that says you got to be born again, speak in tongues um, to get a Lexus or to get a Mercedes or get a 5,000-square-foot house. You just got to have a job. Real faith puts you back into fellowship with God that that's where you get your identity from. And we got so many different uh, images and so many different people telling us what we should look like and what we should be, and it's totally outside of God's will, plan, and purpose for our lives. It was really good when you was talking about those images because we're made in the image and likeness of him and we can't get back into understanding what that image and what that likeness is because these other images are making us think that this is where what we're supposed to be. Um, so to the to the to the fact that even when we listen to music and we got our young men thinking that it's all right for them to walk around with their underwear down and their hind parts hanging out and they, their hair so disheveled, they don't want to comb their hair and they think that this is cool and this is the modern day swagger and whatever else and they never come to an understanding of who they really are because they're trying to identify with something that God never intended them to be and you'll never come into who you really are being what God never intended you to be. You'll always live on what I call uh, a second stream anointing, a second stream lifestyle, and you'll never come to know who you really are living on a on a uh, on a uh, what, what's the word that I use a, a, a second a backup plan, a backup lifestyle. That's that's not even you. And you've got to understand who God is, the real God. You've got to understand who He is in order to understand who you are, because it's knowing him that you find out who you really are. You don't know who you are. And I thank God for the the, the, uh, the pastor, the church that I go to, um, and my spiritual father who I look up to, Pastor. Um, I, I, there's different pastors and mentors that I that I look up to, and, but, and that's all well and good, and there are things that I learn from them, but I learn more about who I am um, by being in the presence of God, uh, being uh, a person who prays. And that's something that a lot of uh, times men don't do. They don't pray. They, they, they'll dish out something to God and say, Lord, you know, I got a problem or whatever else. But I'm not talking about just dumping a problem on God every so often. I'm talking about cultivating a life where he's in everything that you do. He's in, he's, uh, when you're riding down the car, you're able, riding down the street in your car, you're able to have a communication and a conversation with him. And a lot of times people will say, well, don't judge me. You don't know who I am. You know, I could be saved on the low, all that kind of stuff. No, you, you, when you really become a person of God, there is no, there is no thing that you can just hide who you are as a Christian or as a believer. And it don't just come out just because, you know, uh, somebody say something to you that you don't like and you say, well, don't judge me. No, it don't work like that. If you're really a believer, it's shown in everything that you do and you can't hide it. 
You can't hide who you really are because it's going to come out. And you can't be over here drinking and smoking on one minute, and then when somebody confronts you, then you come back and say, well, you know, I go to church. Don't judge me, whatever else. No, we're looking at your fruits, and we're looking at your life, and your life is not speaking to the testimony that you have. You can't do what you want to do six days a week and then come into church and think everything's all right. It don't work like that. Because the image that God has for us as men is not an image where we do what we want to do six days out of the week and then come into church on Sunday and think everything's all right and we can just say one prayer and everything's hunky-dory and we can go back and do what we want to do. That's not right. That's not right. And 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 because we have a responsibility, we have a responsibility to uh, to other men and other young men, and we have more than a responsibility to other men and other young men. We have a responsibility to God to come up to the standard of where he has called us to be. And when I talk about come up uh, to the standard, I'm not just talking about come up to a standard of of money as if you're not a man because you don't make $120,000 a year. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about coming up to the standard of what God is talking to you on a daily basis. On a daily basis, God talks to every last one of us, man and woman. He talks to every last one of us about um, our lives, he talks to us about uh, direction. He talks to us about what we need to clean up and what we need to fix up. And that's the bar. That's the measuring beam where you've got to come up to. If you know God, has been, here it is. Uh, I believe this is the 22nd of the month of June. June is the sixth month of the year. We are at the middle of the year. If God has been talking to you about anything all year long and you are continuing to put that thing on the back burner, you're continuing to disregard his voice, you're continuing to just put him to the side, but when you get in a problem, you pray to him and you want him to come speedily, you are not measuring up to the bar. If you know God's been talking to you about drinking and you're still drinking and you're still doing whatever it is, you are not coming up to the bar. The bar is the voice of God as he speaks in your life on a daily basis. If you cannot come up to that bar, that means you are living substandard. You are living below your means. And the reason why God talks to you about certain things like that is because he's trying to get you to loose one thing because he has something greater for you, and the more you hold on to the thing that is killing you, the more, uh, the longer it's going to take for you to grab a hold to the thing that God has ordained to give you life. The Bible says that that the enemy comes put forth to steal, kill, and to destroy. But I am come that they may have life and that they might have it more abundantly. So the more we hold on to soul ties and, and to people and things that mean us no good, the, the, the longer it takes for us to grab hold onto the changes and onto the, onto the new life that God has for us. And what's so sad about it, I've learned over, over I think, uh, uh, I've been in uh, ministry almost, uh, i got to think about it, almost uh, 18, 17 years, something like that. The thing that I've learned over all of these years of being in church and being in ministry and being in a lifestyle with God is that we know what we're supposed to be doing. Very, very few of us, particularly as men, as women, very, very few of us are clueless to what we should be doing. Very few of us. 
And I say that because, you know, there are some people who might have, you know, um, um, and um, what is it, uh, mental setbacks, and they might have, you know, real disorders. I'm not talking about these disorders that just pop up. Uh, at their convenience when people just want to say I'm bipolar just to say I'm talking about there are some real people that have medical uh, mental dysfunction. I'm not talking about those kind of people. We pray for them, pray God's strength on them now. But I'm talking about there are people that you know what you're supposed to be doing. You just won't do it. That 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 <laughs> you don't have no medical problems and you just won't for some reason you just are stuck and you won't do it. And what messes and what where the church has messed up and has failed in their delivery of the messages, sometimes we miss men. We miss men because we don't communicate straight to the point. We communicate in circles. And men don't talk in circles. We speak straight to the point. And when you talk in circles and when you try to get men to listen to what you're trying to say and you're talking in circles or you go off talking in tongues, they don't understand that. They really want to know, okay, I need to know black and white, plain plain as day, what's going on. And so that's the way how God speaks to you. He speaks to you in a very clear, a very precise way. That's how he speaks to you. And you know good and well the Lord's been talking to you in, a, in dreams and visions. He's, he's showing you a greater you. Sometimes you can be laying on your bed, and God, you'll be having a little daydream, and God will show you something, you, and you can see yourself as a greater man, a greater woman. But when you, when you come out of that daydream, you're looking at your current situation. And what happens is God is giving you a vision. God is giving you a vision for maybe opening up a business, maybe doing something greater, maybe doing something more. And God gives you those visions to show you what you got to do in the future. And then when you come out of that, you've got to take that vision and bring it back to your present and begin to walk, not necessarily in your present. You have to walk in your future, in your present, if that makes sense if that makes any sense to you. You have to move with the voice of God in your in your heart, that the thing that's bubbling up in your spirit, you have to walk in it. You have to walk in it in your present as if you're going right there into it. Because what the enemy will do, got to make sure I'm not losing anybody, what the enemy will do is make you feel like that this is all that you'll ever have. This is all the place where you'll always be. And I'm saying this because a lot of times me and we get depressed. We don't talk about a lot of stuff, but we get depressed because things are not happening, things are not moving, things are not functioning. But when God speaks to you and gives you those visions, um, sometimes we get a little discombobulated because we see the vision, but we see the vision over here, but we see what we're presently in right now, and it's like, God, how do I make the connection? You make the connection where the, where the scripture and the song that says my order my steps in your word what 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 that's talking about is lord i want you to take my now steps that i'm doing now and yes i'm living in a spot right now where i don't have enough 
or I'm living in a spot now where my body might be racked with pain and I might have a sickness over here and, and my leg is cramping or, or, you know, they said this right here, but, but your word says that I'm healed. So what I've got to do, I've got to take the vision and I've got to take the word that you're saying about my future and I've got to walk it out in my present so that I can make my present hinge up and attach to my future so that my future can become my present. And now my, when my future becomes my present, then I'm walking in the destiny of God and then you continue. This is how God talks to you. So you can't tell me. You talk to any man or any woman. They'll always tell you about, well, there's something that I'm thinking about doing or, you know, I'm thinking about doing this, I'm thinking about doing that, whatever else, because you've got vision. You just don't know how to walk it out. So, you know, so to my, to my point here, you've got people um, who've got these mental disabilities, but you've got people, and there's nothing wrong with them. For the most part, there's nothing wrong. We just won't do what it takes to walk out what we need to walk out. And that's why the enemy seeks to steal, kill, and destroy and keep us held up and locked in to things that mean us no good at all. He keeps us locked into into being addicted to this and being addicted to that. And even those of us who've experienced molestation or been raped or um, had some setbacks and people have spoke negative to us, you will be standing. The Lord would have spoke to you in a a vision or said, "Well, you can be a business business owner." But then you're thinking about your ex wife said, "You'll never be nothing. You can't be nothing." Or your or your mom or your daddy said, "Well, you know, you just like your trifling daddy or or whatever else." And here you are hearing and seeing what God wants to do, but you're thinking about what somebody else said, and you can't move forward because the voice of your enemy is stronger than the voice of God in your life. And you've got to break that. You've got to break that. And that's that's how you measure up to the standard of God. You've got to, number one, I said, you've got to know who the real God is. You've got to understand, number two, that God did not intend for you to just go to church. At this point in my life, at this point in my salvation walk and my walk in ministry, I'm I'm to the point, and I say this, and I'm use this term, and I use it loosely, where I'm sick and tired of church. I'm sick and tired of just going in and and seeing, well, you know, who's gonna be, who's gonna sing, who's gonna preach, who's gonna do. I believe that there is more to life. As I'm, you know, still, I'm still learning how to be the man God wants me to be. But I do believe that there is more to my life and salvation. I don't believe that God allowed Jesus to do all of what he did so that I can just go to church on Sunday. I believe that there is more that I'm supposed to do and more that I'm actually going to do than just going to church. I do go to church. Every Sunday, I'm there. Some Sundays, I might, you know, be so tired that I just rest, and it's all right. But there is more than I have to do um, because at this point, at this age and at this stage, there are so many men that just will not go. A lot of times you see the church, most all churches are full of women. Because men, you know, we, we we see things real clearly. And we don't want to be a part of anything that's not right or anything that looks funny or that looks, you know, that looks like it's got a lot of foolishness in it. We want to be a part of something that's actually moving. 
that has purpose, that's growing, things that are that that are life changing. That's what we want to be a part of. Things that's full of foolishness and all that kind of stuff. We don't want to have nothing to do with that. And so to the point of the show, how we replicate God, we replicate him by knowing who he is. That teaches you who you are. You come into an identity of who you are. You've got to, that. if you don't get anything else out of whatever I'm saying, you have to get that. And a lot of times people will see me and they'll say, oh, you're just so so strong. Or, you know, sometimes people look at me and they say, oh, you, sometimes I've heard people say, oh, you're just arrogant and whatever else. I'm like, you don't even know me. You don't know all of the years that I spent depressed and thinking about committing suicide and whatever else. You don't, you don't know that side of me and how God actually had to be the one that, that built self-esteem in me. I don't have self-esteem because I have a daddy. I don't have my daddy. I have never seen him since I was seven years old. Don't even know who he is. Know his name, but don't know what he looks like. He could be my next-door neighbor, and I wouldn't even know. I don't I don't have or think the way how I think because I've I got money sitting all over in a bank because we're finding out that money is really not the thing. If money gives you self esteem, you really in bad shape because you really don't have no self esteem. You've got to get your identity from God. That's who gives you strength. That's how you find out who you are as a man and you realize, you know what, I'm more than just a sperm donor. If your self-esteem as a man comes from how many women you've got, you in bad shape. Oh, man, I was with this girl last night. I was over there, and I was with Trina, and then I went and saw, saw Nikki, and then I went and saw this one and saw that one. Man, you in bad shape because you're thinking that your life revolves around you, all, all that you've equated to life is getting a piece of tail. And that means absolutely nothing. God did not give you a, a sexual organ just for you to just spread it all around all over the place. It doesn't work like that. You've got to come to know who you are in him. You've got to understand your place and your purpose in this life, and that comes from having a vision of God. That comes from knowing your purpose. That comes from knowing who he is because you cannot replicate who you don't know. And you can't know uh, who you need to know if you don't spend time with him. All of these men, uh, you know, they say what they, they pray. They, they give God these little quick, these little quickie prayers. Now I lay me down to sleep. If you're 20 and you're 30 years old and you're still praying, now I lay me down to sleep, you 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 in bad shape. Your prayer life should have moved a little bit further than that. By age 30, you shouldn't even be praying, now I lay me down to sleep. You should be at a place where you're able to decree and declare some things over your wife, over your children. You're supposed to be at a point where you can understand who you are. And if the men don't come into a realization of who they are, then the women, um, you know, they have to sit back and have to endure this. And some women are so desperate. I was talking to one of uh, this young girl that I know. I was talking to her this week, and I'm getting ready to be done because I didn't want to be on too long. But um, I was talking to her this week, and her boyfriend don't have a job. She's paying all the bills, full-time student, don't have no kids. Uh, 20 years old, she works a couple of odd jobs, 
and she's taking care of her boyfriend. He don't have a criminal record. The only reason why he don't have a job is because he won't stay sober from marijuana long enough to pass a drug test. She's 20-year-old, getting ready to get her bachelor's degree um, uh, at a university here in North Carolina. He, uh, and when we were having a conversation, she's getting ready to be evicted out of her place because um, uh, some reason she told me that they're getting ready to be evicted. Oh, she couldn't pay the rent. Because she's working, the boyfriend's not, he's really not, you know, you know, this kind of situation. I know y'all know what I'm talking about. Y'all heard these kind of stories. But look at, and I was telling her, I said, that's your problem. And I told her, I said, as a woman, that's your problem because you're so focused on using, uh, on this man just being your sexual partner that you don't understand that if he cannot stand on his own two feet as a man and know that if he can't bring something to the table, here you are, a 20-year-old woman worrying about taking care of this man, working odd jobs, and you're getting ready to get your bachelor's degree, that's your fault that you put up with that. I said, it's your fault that you put up with that. And it's the women's fault that you put up with it just because you want to have somebody who can wrap you in their arms or uh, just because you get a need and you put up with these worthless, trifling men. And you've got to understand that you are more, as a woman, you are more than just a dump spot for sperm. You are more than that, and you've got to keep your standard high. If that means that you can't have sex this year because, because nobody's come in your life that meets up to your standard, well, that means you just won't have sex this year. And that's just plain as day because you have got to keep your standard high. And if you keep your standard high, that means us as men will have to bring our standard up. That means we can't just do whatever we want to do and, and say anything that we want to say to you, and you'll just take it because you need us, because you want a man so bad. Because there is a standard, just like there's a standard for women, there is a standard for men. If everybody's sitting around talking about women being whores and, and, and you listen to the music, how they degrade women and they call women bees and whatever else, and these men are, are saying this stuff and got women thinking that this is what you're supposed to be and this is what you're supposed to do and you're supposed to do this for me if I'm a man. And, and I mean, this ain't even your husband. This is a boyfriend. This is somebody that you just met, uh, you saw walking down the street, and he wants you to do all of this stuff, that is not what God puts you here for. He don't know his place. He don't know his place. Then you look up, and you look up years later, and you got all of these children by this man, and you wonder, well, why he ain't paying no child support? He ain't no good. You know what? I was talking to another woman, I think, a week before last, and I said, well, I was talking to her. I said, well, you know, sometimes maybe women just don't know what kind of man they got. And she told me, she says, you know what, Derek, they know. She said, we know what we got when we met him. She said, we try to mother these men, and we try to baby them, and we spend, these are her words. She says, we keep our breasts in their mouth so long that these men become our children, and we try to change them, and they never change. Then we get frustrated, and you go down to the courthouse, and you die, now you're trying to get child support out of somebody who don't want to work, and you're frustrated, and you're mad. 
and you get bitterness on the inside of you. And then when you see your little son and he starts looking like your baby daddy, then you start talking negative to him because you're bitter at him, but you knew what you was getting yourself into in the first place. And so as men, we have got to raise the bar, and we've got to come into an understanding of who we are because it's so sad that, you know, I guess in your, in your teenage years, you're, you're still trying to struggle to find out who you are. Teenage years and 20s, whatever else, you know, by 30 and 40, you ought to have a grip on it. It's ridiculous that we're starting to see these men in their 40s and 50s with earrings and tattoos all over the place and 40- and 50-year-old men walking around with their pants sagging and, 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 and trying to look like one of these 20-year-old or one of these 18-year-old kids. By 50-some years old, you ought, to, you ought to already know what your identity is, sir. You're 50 years old hanging out on the corner drinking beer, walking around trying to be cool, trying to, trying to get you some. Wait a minute, by 50 years old, you should already know where you're at. Where did you miss it? And some of us men got to wake up and realize that some men have missed it. And if we don't catch ourselves and if we don't, like I was saying earlier, um, uh, 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 give attention to the vision of God and the, and the voice of God as he speaks to us, we'll miss it. We'll miss it if you don't put them soul ties down and if you don't break the, uh, the chains and the things that God's been talking to you about loosening and grabbing a, a hold to the purpose of God for your life. You'll miss it, and you will be that 50-year-old man still sitting back doing nothing, walking the streets day and night with nothing. It's important. It is important for you to understand where you are in life and to understand where God wants to take you and what he wants to do because sometimes some windows and some doors are only open for a certain time and they never open again. There is only a certain, there are some things in life that God will bring around again, but there are some doors and some opportunities in life that never come around again. And it's time for you to understand, to stop getting into all these old witchcraft ideologies and, and meeting with people at work that's trying to tell you about little cultic meetings that they're having and, and they're doing all of this um, stuff on Ouija boards. And, and, um, and, you know, so many men know, you know your zodiac sign and you know, you know what a cancer and a Gemini, you know what their identity is, but you don't even know what your identity is. We just got finished watching the, the NBA finals, and there are people, there are grown men that can tell you in every game, all seven games, they can tell you how many points um, um, uh, LeBron James hit. They can tell you how many points um, all the other players hit, but they cannot tell you what they're doing in their own lives. They know everybody else's identity but their own. It is ridiculous and pathetic that you know more about everybody else than about you. It's ridiculous. But even though that is the case, change can take place. I want to, I want to encourage you today as I'm done. I want to encourage you today as men and women, that you are more 
than what you've seen or what you've heard. I want to encourage you today that greater is available, greater is obtainable, and as my uh, spiritual father, Pastor uh, Lawson, as he says, we are one decision away from greater. We are one decision away from better, and it is time for us to start measuring up to the standard of what God has been speaking to us and start making better decisions in our lives for ourselves, for our wives or girlfriends, whoever we're engaged to, uh, and, and consequently for our children. I'm the father who I am because I didn't have one. Not because I'm trying to impress anybody. I don't really think I'm doing anything great by taking my daughters out to eat. I don't think I'm doing anything great by taking my daughters to go get them um, clothes or whatever else. I don't think that's anything great because as a man and as a father, that's what I'm supposed to do. There's nothing great about me taking my daughters out to eat. That's what I'm supposed to do. I haven't done anything special. But you uh, need to understand that you are one decision away from better. And it is, it, is, it is so important for you to understand who you are as a man because we have a responsibility. All of these men out here, all of these youth, and I, I spent the last 12 years going into youth um, prisons and youth detention centers here in North Carolina speaking to young boys young boys who don't have a dad, some that do, some who've been thrown away, some who've been cast away, some who've grown up in the family and half of their brothers are gang, uh, uh, in the bloods, half the other half are in crypts. They don't want to be in the gang, but in their own homes, dealing with gunshots and stabbings, and they know more about the dope game, and they can tell me about the dope game but can't tell me about their own lives and where they, where they want to see themselves. When I ask them a question, where do you see your life going, I don't know. I don't know what I want to do. I don't know where I want to be. And I can kind of, you know, I can kind of work with that with, with the 15, 16, and 17-year-old. But, you know, it kind of irks my nerve when I talk to a grown man. And here I am, 34, and I'm talking to a grown man who's 45, and he's giving me the same answer. I don't know what I want to do. Somebody missed it. Somebody missed it. And in order to replicate God, we got to know who God is. We got to know who we are. And to come to that point, we got to say, God, I need you. And it's all right, and it doesn't make you a punk as a man to say, you need somebody. And I'm not talking to you about joining a church. I'm not talking to you about finding a mentor or finding your best friend. I'm talking about us as men have got to get to the point where we say, Lord, Father, I stretch my hand to thee, no other help I know. We've got to get to a point where it's all right for us to say, God, I need you. It doesn't make you a punk. It doesn't make you a wimp. It makes you a man. It makes you a man to say, Lord, I need you to help me be a man. Lord, I need you to help me 
to be married to this woman. I need you to show me how to be a husband. Show me how to be a dad. Lord, show me how to run my business. Lord, show me how to walk out your plan. Lord, show me how to be who you've called me to be. Lord, show me how to take care of my body. Lord, show me show me how to take care of my finances. Lord, show me how to do this. And he'll do it if you'll drop your pride Stop trying to be so macho and try to think you know everything and say, Lord, I need your help. And until you do that, you'll keep living around the same cycle. Until you do that, you'll keep living below your means substandard because greater is available and you are one choice away. One decision away, my, <laughs> my pastor, Pastor Lawson, he said, you are one decision away from greater, one decision away from better. And so the choice is yours, what you want to do. If you are listening to this radio broadcast on Patricia Adams Live and you walk away and you heard what I said and you go back to the regular old, same old, it's your fault. It is not ours. It is not Derek's. It is not Patricia's. It's your fault because you you failed to hear the voice of God that spoke to you. This isn't Derek. This is the voice of God speaking to you that you need to cry out to him. I didn't give you my email address. I didn't, You don't have my telephone number. This is the voice of God saying you need to reach up to him. You need to find who you are in him. Not Ouija boards, not psychics, stop calling Miss Cleo and all them kind of people. You need to reach up to him. Measure up to him, and you're going to be all right. You're going to find out what real peace is. You're going to find out what being a man really is about by finding out who God is and what he intended for you to be, what he intended for you to do, where he intended for you to go. It's not about money. This is not about stuff. As you notice, I didn't say nothing about, you know, you got to be a man because you do this or that. No, no. You need to know who God is, and that's who teaches you. And so I just pray, God, strength and blessings upon all the men, all of the women, your families, everything that concerns you. And I just thank God for this opportunity on the um, air. And if anybody have any questions, you're more than welcome to ask me some questions uh, if you'd like. But I thank God for this opportunity because we, we as men, we've got to come up one man at a time, come up one man at a time. And so I um, just, um, Patricia, back to you. <laughs> yeah. Back to me, wow. Um, I'm I'm listening, and when I hear, you know, you talk about this, it's really kind of difficult for me to come back up and (laughs) do the show because my mind is cycling and my thoughts are just going and I have so many things running around in my head, and I'm like, okay, really need to talk about this some more. But I know you said that um, you did not want to be on the air long this morning, so and I, and I have to 
say that I have a full schedule today as well, but we need to do this again, and <laughs> I don't know how we're going to make that happen. Um, so you look at your schedule, and I'll look at my schedule, and let's see what we can come up with if there is another way that we can do this again. Um, <laughs> okay. I want to say to um, our listeners, wherever you are, um, my heart is just really full. My heart, I, I can't put it into words just yet, but my heart is really full. And I want to say to the men is that it's kind of like, I don't know, there's an R&B artist, I don't know if it's Angie Stone or whatever, but it's something like, you know, um, being there for your brothers. And I don't care if you're black, white, red, brown, green, polka dot, whatever. That until the men get in the rightful place that they belong in, we as women will continue to lag in so many different ways. And and, I, and, and women, I, I don't want you calling into the show. I don't want you directing uh, any messages to me because this is my opinion. And I'm not going to change my opinion at this particular point in time. We can talk about my opinion, but until further notice, which is my opinion. So we just don't have to deal with that, okay? So what I'm trying to say is that I heard him say about standards. And if we don't set standards, then we get what we get. But if you set standards and you set guidelines, then people have to come up to those or not come up to them. Like, you know, nobody has to do anything. But should somebody choose to meet your standards, then you're going to be the better for having set the standards. But if you don't have any standards, then there's nothing to be met. It, it's a come-as-you-go-do-as-you-please kind of life. And I guess I'm just kind of tired of this vicious cycle that we're in. And one of the shows um, that I did, I think, um, last week, talked about how many children were living without fathers. The 24 million children. And I'm not talking about international. I'm talking about domestic these United States of America, 24 million children living without their biological father. <clears throat> Does not mean that they don't have a male figure around, but we're talking about biological father. I don't know the statistics behind that. Is it because of incarceration? Is it because of death? Is it because of just absolute abandonment? But the fact of the matter is 24 million children, and, and if I, let me go back and correct this. This was basically in the 2010 U.S. Census. So these um, these stats, I believe, are, are probably dated. So this is the, probably about 2006 that the census is done um, kind of in retrospect. So 
if we went and we looked at the numbers today to see where they are today, these are not current numbers. I'm sure they would be much higher. One other thing is in terms of how many people in our community are either abandoning their children, mothers and fathers abandoning their children. Also, um, we are avoiding more of our children. And we are about, what, 11%, if you know this number, of the population. Mm-hmm. So we are like minority, minority. <laughs> and we consume as 11% of the population. We consume more than any other race. We are consumers. There are more of us who are consuming in proportion to us who are entrepreneurs. And who we consume with is not indicative of our race. We consume where we find the best deals, or not even the best deals, what we want, we go after. So we we spend more than we save, and we buy a lot of impulsive things. And yet, financially, we are not as well off as our counterparts. And I don't have any stats give you on this, but I'm going to do the research, and in in my mind, I believe that a lot of this can be traced back to us having these voids in our lives, and a lot of us not having had men father us. I really mm-hmm. believe a lot of this can be traced back to that, um, and the absence of the man in the home in the African-American community is the highest in any other race. Oh, so during the month of June, and you know, I really didn't know your story, um, and that's amazing. That's really amazing because I've really been talking to a lot of men uh, primarily on the show, and I've been talking to women as well, but the men that I've been talking to on the show of late, None of them have had their fathers. None of them, you know, knew their fathers at an early age. Some of them found their fathers later in life. Some of them have a clue or have an idea of who their father is, but have not met their father. And that to me is indicative of the epidemic that we have in our community. And I really want to raise this question and put this out here for women. We've been talking about replicating God in manhood. And we can't replicate God in manhood if women we open our legs um, on a whim and we get pregnant and then we want to make that man be a daddy or a father. This 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 mm-hmm. this is the thing that 
No, I, I just really need to say this because it's in my heart. And like I said, this is my opinion. And I'm entitled to my opinion, so this is my opinion. I, I believe that we have far too many women who are getting pregnant by men. And when these men are having sex with the women, they aren't having sex with the women predominantly because they're trying to be a baby's daddy. They aren't trying to tell you that if you get pregnant, you know, I'm going to hold you down. I'm going to be there for you. I'm going to be the father to this child. That's not normally what's on a man's mind. Yes, there are men like that. But what I'm saying is that if you don't set the standard and you keep bringing children into this world and the men are not emotionally ready or financially ready or mentally ready to father a child, they they just want to have sex. (laughs) Right. (laughs) The three things, power, money, and sex. Power, money, and sex. Okay, so a man is what he does. So basically, if if you are having sex with a man and you're going to try to turn him into your baby daddy or you are trying to make him be the father of your existing children, come on, ladies, seriously. No, this this deadbeat dad issue, um, we have so many black men locked up for a lack of paying child support. We have so yep. many black men. I'm sorry. I said yep. We have, we have so many men who are being just. I, I I heard something on the radio the other day, and, and so I'm sorry. It's just, all this stuff is just running around in my head, and I heard something on the radio uh, locally in Texas, and um, this one woman called in, and she said he needs to be made to pay. That was, you know, I thought, <laughs> are you serious? Are, are, are you serious? He, he can't see his baby until he pays. I'm like, okay, seriously, here's, 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 all I can say was this thing that I had uh, first, was the first Sunday, where there's a character in here, and her name is Ani. And she's doing somebody's hair in her house, and they're talking about child support. You know, you need to pay. You, you, you need to pay. Well, okay. Here's, 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 I think that if we would have an honest discussion with a man before we went to bed with him and asked him, okay, when we go to bed, are you expecting for me to get pregnant? And if I get pregnant, are you um, wanting to be a father, if you would ask those questions to somebody before you go to bed with them, I, I think they probably wouldn't go to bed with them. Or either some of you would believe that, well, um, I could convince him later if I get pregnant. So I'm talking about fornication and I'm talking about adultery, whatever. But the main thing is, is that if we put things in order the way that God has designed them, there is a divine order for everything that is on this earth. It's on the earth. There is an order in everything, and we are so out of order in 
our way of thinking and doing things. And a lot of the things that we are facing as women, as single parents, as um, to, to multiple children, one child, or whatever, is because of the choices, poor choices that we're making. So nobody taught you how to make right choices. Nobody taught you how to value yourself. Nobody taught you how to set standards. Well, here's an episode today. I hope you will download it in this video. And keep coming back to Patricia Adams Live because we're going to keep following this. I'm hoping uh, Derek can come back and be a part of that. But I can't not follow this because this is my heart. This is, this is my passion. It is that if I can enlighten you and if I can show you how to get past the difficulty, we have got to turn it around. Whether you are a black woman, a white woman, a red woman, a yellow woman, green, red, white, polka dot. This is to all of you, as it is to all of the men. But especially to the women in the African American, the black community, this is to This goes out to you. Say, ladies, okay, we got to raise the bar. We got to set the standards. You, you heard it from a man that if you would set the standards, they would follow. But if you don't set the standards, they're going to give you what you let them give you. They will ask of you, they will take us what you let them ask and take us. Can't stay sober long enough to get a job. Can't pass a drug test. Not because you aren't capable. So we are enabling men to not step up because we let them give us the very least, which is nothing because they aren't giving themselves anything. So I just, I don't want to get on a soapbox, but if I could just get you to wake up and realize that one moment, I just, what is it, just one minute you can have sex and then for the rest of your life, have to make a decision as to whether or not you are going to be a mother, step up to the plate, because you're going to have to make that decision. And the young man gets to walk away and choose whether he wants to be a father or not. But you, on the other hand, are faced with nine months of carrying a baby, giving birth to that baby, and deciding whether you're going to mother and nurture that baby, love that baby in spite of his decision or not. So we've done shows on good moms and bad moms and good dads and bad dads. I didn't have a my birth mother or my birth father in my life. And most of the guys and the women that I've had on this show have similar stories. And we're telling you here that we are here and we have made it, and we are making positive decisions and choices in our lives to do better by our children and to also help mentor some of your children. But you've got to do your part. We've got to turn this thing around. We have um, an African-American president, a biracial president, um, in office. 
And I guess some of us thought that that was going to be the end all, the fix all, or whatever. That was not easy. Even think that. That's right. um, I respect our president, but we have had how many presidents before him? For four years, eight years, 12 years at a time. And so all of a sudden, he was supposed to come in and turn the tide against all that that political history and suddenly become what our great white folks. That was unrealistic. He didn't say that, and we should not have expected that. So there's a lot of things that we we keep waiting waiting for somebody to be our hero when we need to be that for ourselves. But the only way that you're going to learn how to be your own hero is that you're going to have to learn who you are. And the only way you're going to really learn who you are is by going back to the one who created you. So order to replicate God, you've got to come to God, and you've got to ask of him. Not of me, not of Derek. You've got to ask God available to me. All you have to do is ask him. Because if you ask him for wisdom, he would not even chastise you for asking for wisdom. He would give it to you, literally, gladly give it to you. So I'm asking you today that when you tune into this broadcast, either morning, noon, night, at night, whatever, you hear this, is just take the time to ask God to come into your life, to come into your heart. You don't have to have all the answers. You don't have to have them right. You don't have to have uh, South Stiletto Hills and Heights and, and all this stuff. You don't have to stop doing everything. But I know that he is a delivering God. And I know that he's able to take you from the suttermost to the utmost and to the highest. He's able to take whatever it is that you're facing, whatever it is that you're dealing with, and overnight just turn it completely around. Because a surrendered heart, God can do amazing things. But it's up to you. It's up to you. So, you know, um, there's a song. There's really a couple songs going on in my head. And you kept saying, you know, uh, you're one decision, you're one choice away from your greatest moment. And um, that song by Salem Conference heard it. No greater is coming. And right. I love that song. I love that song. But there's a song by Shekinah Glory. And it's called Yes. Have you heard that? Yes. Have you heard it? Yes. Okay. I want to play that. And um, so if you'll hang on just for a second and let me come back to you. But I really want to put this into the uh, show. So that people can hear it, okay? Okay. Ask the person next to you, would you still say yes?
Yes. The song, you know, yes, um, all God wants is yes. And that's, that's kind of like this that you have made um, in my heart. Is that the people that you think it's all the time God is my heart by all people in the Yes, we got it right there. So that you have better. Will it be better right away? For most of us, just knowing that you have eternal life is the best reward. And is it all of a sudden going to be just, you know, peaceful? No, because number one, you have to remember that the fight for the best of the rest of your life is just going to begin. And when you have been under the control of God's enemy, Satan, and because he's God's enemy, you're in good hands. So it's like he says that. Whoever is my enemy, I'm going to take care of that. So God is going to take care of your enemies. But the thing that you have to remember is that all that's all that he wants from any of us is just to say yes. Yes to his will, yes to his way, yes to his plan. You don't have to understand it, but you will learn it by and by. But just know that when you say yes, you have to be willing to put in what you need to put in or to get the best out of your decision. And that's what the passage is. Is that to get the best out of your decision and yes, God. You have to put in the work, the effort that it takes to God to work this thing out. Just as hard as you're working out there, fixing your things, doing this Give all that out. 
Okay. Um, on the Blog Talk Radio, um, Blog Talk Radio slash Minister Moments, they click that, and all of the information is on there, and so it, that makes it a whole lot simple. <laughs> the name of the show is Moments okay. with the Minister. Great, great, great. Well, you have so, a great day, and again, thank you for stopping by Patricia Adams Live. And all right, thank you so much. I enjoyed it. Show. Another time. It was my pleasure. Thank you, and you have a blessed day. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. My book, A Child's Rights Violated, Her Terrors and Traumas, shares my voice to my childhood difficulties, and my other books share my voice of response to my childhood difficulties. Find links in the show notes or go to PatriciaAdamsLive.com to be taken to online retailers. If you are in distress currently and need immediate help, call 911. And you can also reach out to the National Hotline for Child Abuse at 1-800-4-CHILD. 24-7 crisis counselors are available. As we close the show, remember, temporary difficulties end and your response to them determine how you live life after your difficulties. So respond well and live. Tweet about the show on Twitter at Pat Adams Live and comment to our Facebook page at the bottom of the show page. Follow us on the show page to receive notices of the next airing. If you have questions, comments, want to be a guest, topic requests, let me know. Fill out the contact form on PatriciaAdamsLive.com. Thanks for listening. That's the show. Until next time, take care and watch for more from the Patricia Adams Live show. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.